Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Today, we wanted to talk about something a little different uh, that we we talk about and I don't think we really think about it in terms of disciple making but it's about counseling and I think there's there's two forms of that one is the anytime we are discipling somebody there's going to be times or things that come up in their life that they need counsel about but the other side is that we need counsel and there's times and things that happen in our life where we need counsel and sometimes we can get that from a Christian brother or a pastor or Somebody else, and then other times there may be times where we actually specifically need somebody that has that's a professional that has professional counseling experience, and so that's what we want to chat about today. Absolutely, James. Absolutely. What do you think? Uh, let's hit up the topic of when we counsel other people first. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think as I've come further along. I hope this is a true statement. I think I've come to have a more sobering, a sobered value of my own counsel into other people's life. Mm -hmm. I've learned to be, I hope, I feel very cautious these days if I counsel someone. I think it's good to be bold, not afraid to ruffle feathers or to, you definitely just don't want to tickle people's ears, but at the same time, you know, we're cautious. We don't just shoot off at the lip anything that comes to mind or, you know, mm-hmm. ah, this, this really annoys me about this person. And I'm going to tell them about it under the cloak of <laughs> discipling counsel. And, well, no. Yeah, I would say a bold, cut to the chase, tell people what they will benefit them, but also just have a pretty sobering value, a sobered value. I don't even know if that's a real word, but yeah, try and have a a correct value of what your counsel's worth and that you don't have the full perspective into that person's life and you may not can fully appreciate their challenges. So just a, a good measure of humility as you share things with people. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think there's also a lot to be said for recognizing our limitations and going back to prayer. And I think a lot of it is encouragement. Sometimes I think it's just listening yeah. Like just being someone that they can talk to. They Absolutely. know that it's a, it's a safe conversation, that you're on their side, that you're on their team. Absolutely. You know, counsel them back towards the Bible because, as you said, our, our counsel is not near as good as God's counsel. <laughs> yeah. There's a man named Larry Briquette uh, that was, he was famous in the Christian finance world before Dave Ramsey. And I just remember this quote one time, the guy came in with a problem and, uh, Larry said, well, you know, do you want to know what I think? And the guy said, yeah. And so he told him and the guy was like, great. And then Larry was like, now would you like to know what God thinks? <laughs> <laughs> he, he took him over to a, a passage that was way different than both of them felt. Wow. But, you know, this is what God says about the issue. And I think that's uh, that's a a big thing. I think a lot of it's just listening, making sure you're praying for them, checking back in on them. I think it's a lot when someone's going through 
a lot of things, whether it's discouraging or, or something else or some trouble. One, it's, it helps sometimes just to know when you talk to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, I've had that problem or, oh, yeah, you know, that you're low. I'm not the only guy that has this problem. And then two, for them to check back up on you. You know, I heard you. I heard that you had a problem and I'm wanting to make sure you're okay. I care about you and continuing to help them yeah. back into the word, I guess. Yes. Yeah. At the same time, I think there's also a point in time where we come need to need to recognize like this is beyond me or this is something that I might I may need to recommend that they get counsel from a higher source than me, if you will, or a more professional source. And whether that is a, a pastor that has pastoral counseling or maybe there's a counselor in your church or a, a Christian counselor, I would not recommend someone go into a non Christian counselor. No, they and what's funny is we'll maybe talk a bit more about this later. They're probably gonna say a lot of the same things as a Christian counselor, but it all goes back to what are those rude assumptions, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh what is what is the foundation built on of that advice? Uh so yeah, I completely agree. It's we need to have people that are spurring us on towards towards Jesus and trusting him, even if mm-hmm. some of the applications are the same. Yeah. Now, what about, man, we may jump back and forth between these, but what about switching over to the other situation? Like, what about us as the discipler? What do we do when we need counsel? One thing that comes to mind is I think there's different kinds. We all fall, I think, in different places on the spectrum. There are some people that find, I think, very hard to open up to others and to say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And I, I got a problem. I need help. Like some, some guys are comfortable with that. Some people are comfortable with that. Some aren't. There's others of us that, man, if, if someone stares at you long enough, oh, you probably want to listen to my problems here. Let me vomit on you. (laughs) (laughs) And regardless of where you fall in that spectrum, I think we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to have someone that we trust, someone we can open ourselves up to, uh, someone that you don't think will make you the subject of of gossip or you know ridicule someone that loves you, but two, uh, we've got to. This goes back to what we were talking about with Kevin Braddock in the last one of the latter last podcasts. Is we've got to be teachable, and uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to give away too much of what I want to say later. But I know for years I've been someone who. I was always seeking out anybody who would sit down with me at a table and listen to my problems, but I didn't really want to listen to what they had to say. I'd, it's kind of these things where yeah, I, I don't really take advice. And, you know, Proverbs has a lot to say about, you know, how fools fools despise wisdom. And, you know, you can't teach a fool. A fool won't receive wisdom. So I think it's, one, being willing to open up to people, and two, having a readiness and a capacity to say, you know what, I'm not comfortable so much with what you have to say, but if I didn't need to hear someone else's opinion, I wouldn't have come to you. So I uh, I'm, I may need to be prepared to take your advice and put it on and, and feel a bit uncomfortable with it and think a new thought, walk a new way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think some of it comes down first in our own own self, uh, comes into pride, like in humbling ourselves and saying, 
hey, I need some help. And one of the interesting things to me, I've kind of in the last month or two just been going through a number of different things, some anxiety, maybe some mild depression, you know, and you don't you don't like saying that. You don't like admitting that because I'm supposed to be, for Pete's sakes, I'm 39 years old. I've been walking with the Lord for 30 plus years, you know, like I should have it together, you know. Yeah, but, and you were, you were one of them people that goes overseas and serves Jesus over there like as a, you're supposed to just be like, you're you're supposed to have reached like Christian nirvana, whatever the equivalent of that is, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and yet at the same time, you know, different things happen in life. Uh, sometimes it can be a spiritual attack. Sometimes it can be, I think, just a, a physical chemical imbalance in the body. Sometimes it can be things going through. But what I found out for myself, you know, one, I talked to a few people. I talked to my wife. I also talked to my dad. I'm real thankful to have a relationship with him where I can do that. That helped me quite a lot. And in general, and then I talked to another friend, and when I talked to him, he was like, oh, yeah, man, I've had this same, I had the same problem a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. You know, and it was, okay, well, I'm not the only guy out there. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's a trap we fall into. And especially when you just quote, unquote, the more mature we are in Christ or the, according to the position that we have, we're less likely to admit that. Mm-hmm. I have a, a friend from Oklahoma that's a pastor and he just posted two or three times recently. There's been in the news, different pastors that have committed suicide and something there says, well, obviously they went past a point where they needed help and they didn't get it. Hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know the situations on any of those, but I do know, man, you got to reach out. You got to have somebody that you can share, share problems with. And being a pastor doesn't suddenly make you immune from depression or it doesn't hmm. make you immune from anxiety. Um, being an overseas worker doesn't make you immune from anxiety. In fact, it might. It might stimulate some anxiety. So it might yeah. being a pastor. And so you got to have somebody that you can go to. Absolutely. I'm sure that there's a lot of loneliness that pastors experience and for a number of reasons. Um, people think that they're above, like, oh, you know, he would be insulted if I came to him and wanted to listen to his problems or what his issues were, but. Yeah, they definitely need that. You know, James, if uh, if I could, there was a kind of a comparison I wanted to make here. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I was thinking about this subject uh, and getting ready for this this podcast today. And uh, have you ever you've had physical therapy before, haven't you, James? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, I have as well. And most of our some of our listeners may have had it as well. And I got to thinking about my own experience both with physical therapy and in going to uh, Christian counseling. And I got to thinking the two are pretty similar. If you've been, if you've been through physical therapy, but maybe never, I'm going to call it Christian, ther- Christian counseling, but that kind of parallel to spiritual or uh, psychological, the two are pretty similar. And I think the reason I kind of came to that conclusion was in both cases, neither one, the physical therapist or the, the counselor, really has the power to fix the person. Uh, really, at best, all they can do is help identify some, some problems, 
and then give the, the, we'll call it the patient, the tools that they can choose whether or not they want to succeed. And, and I know, especially when it comes to the heart, the mind and the soul, it's, you know, it's, it's messy and it's not that easy. Uh, but really I, that's kind of what I found, whether it was going to my physical therapist for my back or my Christian counselor. I remember the first day I ever went to a Christian counselor. I, I was so excited because I thought, hey, this guy's going to fix me. You know, my pastor, he couldn't fix me. In fact, he was the one that had referred me. The guy who was discipling me, he couldn't fix me. But finally, I got someone who's been to college for this, and they're going to fix me. And, and that's really what I thought. And I remember after the first session thinking, you know, oh, wow, this, this is, he's, he's not going to fix me. <laughs> yeah. If anything, he's just going to lay bare. He's going to pull the bandages back and say, I think we've got gangrene under this wrap. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's deal with this. And really, what I, the point I'm getting to here is in both cases, they simply give us, I think, the tools to succeed. So whether you're the one giving counsel or receiving it, this isn't about one person fixing another person. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's Christ's territory. And, you know, depending on kind of what your view is, it's, that's kind of between Christ and the person themselves. As a counselor, whether we're giving or receiving, I think it's more about the impartation of, of truth and tools. Hmm. And say, hey, if you want to succeed, here's truth. You know, now you've got to believe it. You've got to take this. You've got to internalize it or it's not going to do you any good. Mm -hmm. In fact, you may even kind of become anesthetized to it if you just hear it and hear it and don't don't receive it. But so I think that's one thing to remember. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I've been while I've been laid up for surgery. I had a friend gave me like four books and which is awesome, but I haven't got very many of them read. But I've been working on one that he uh, gave me called Deep, Deep Wounds, Deep Healing. It's by a guy named Charles H. Craft. And I haven't haven't got f maybe a fifth of the way into it or something. But what he, the mm. point he makes in here is that ultimately, like the only person who can really fix anybody or the only person who can heal anybody is Jesus. Yeah. And that all healing, whether whether it comes from the route through a medical professional or a miraculous healing, like all healing is God. And in fact, all, you know, every, every life that's begun or ended, it all comes through God. There is no healing apart from him. And that's true psychologically. It's true in our mind as well as in our physical body. It's true in our soul as well as in our physical yeah. body. You know, ultimately Jesus has to heal. And what he was saying is a lot of times they work together with, you know, counselors or psychologists or, but it's a, it's a process of trying to let Jesus come in and minister to that person in the place where they are, in the place where they're hurting, letting Jesus minister in there. And one of the really interesting things or crazy things to me, I think, is sometimes we can know the truth, like intellectually know the truth about what's happening or know the truth. But for some reason, it's like we cannot get it from our head into our heart or we can't get it from an intellectual understanding into like a I'm living it out or I'm 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 fully, fully living in this truth of Christ. Yeah. And it's kind of dangerous sometimes, uh, especially for those of us who have grown up in the faith. Things can get a bit too familiar. And 
I don't know. There's something about the old saying, familiarity breeds contempt, and I don't know if that's quite what we're searching for. But, yeah, it's it's easy to have that knowledge in your head, but it, it not really be making it down to your your feet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that's why we need a, a fellow brother in Christ, somebody that can either walk alongside us and say, like, man, I've had the problem, this is what it is, or someone that just to remind us of truth. Yeah. You know, like I know like you feel like everything's way out of control, and I think when we're in those situations, we feel we feel like everything's exaggerated. You know, something that's a one feels like an eight, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we just— we overemphasize the bad or we underemphasize the good and you need someone to come in that can just see a little more clearly and be like, Hey, listen, you're, that's not an eight. That's a two. You know, I like, take it for yep. what it is. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I'm hearing, hearing what you're saying and that that's almost just different words from when I think back to the Christian counselor I've spent time with. It's, that's kind of what he said is like, this is ultimately coming down to you not seeing reality as it really is. Uh, It's coming down to you basically calling what is bad good and what's good bad. You've, you've redefined good and evil and it's, 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 it's hurting you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it? What was it that brought you to a point where you said, I'm going to go seek out counseling? So I would say when uh, there were some things that have kind of been brewing in my life for a long time. And a lot of them really centered, it manifested itself in different ways, but it really came down to just fear and a refusal to, to really believe what God said and to trust others who were speaking into my life. And I just think, you know, I was newly married, was in a job. And I think uh, we had had our first kid at that point. And a few years earlier, when I first got married, I remember I had this old kind of wise family physician. Uh, he was he was probably a little older than my dad would have been and just kind of one of those guys that he had seen everything. And, you know, I was having a lot of trouble with anxiety. I'd lost a lot of weight. And I remember him saying, like, perhaps you need to go see a counselor. And I just I remember saying, like, <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm not there. I mean. I really took that as kind of an insult of uh you know you've you're you're apparently not right you're you're so screwed up you need to go actually have a professional listen to you talk and that I really didn't set well with me at all and I brushed off what he said and life moved on and kind of managed to cope for a few years and let's see that was about 2010 and fast forward to about 2013, I'm not going to bore all the listeners with all the details, but it's kind of like it was August of 2013, and for some reason or another, things just kind of came to a head, and I became so inundated with uh, just fear that my wife would tell you, she'll vouch for me, that I became pretty non-functional and pretty worthless, I was always trying to meet with different friends who, hey, can I talk with you? And can you kind of give me some comfort and assurance that, that you know, uh, that I am have this legitimate relationship with God and that everything's going to be okay and that I don't need to be afraid. And, and I just uh, kind of got to a point where I'd met with my pastor 
and he he saw what was going on and as as godly as a man he was you know counseling really wasn't his gift he's he was more of an evangelist and uh, even he had had some help him and his wife from this counselor they knew so he said why don't we give you the name of this counselor and actually I was looking in my journal and I saw an entry where the day that I'd called this guy Kristen had been praying that I would but she said I'm not going to mention it unless David does because I don't want him to feel pressured and Mm-hmm. And that, that day I'd had, hey, I need to call a counselor. And so sure enough, it all lined up. The Lord worked it out. And I guess to take a small break it from the story, it seems kind of odd, I think. Like if you're a Christian and you think, here we are in the body of Christ, why? It's easy to see why the world, people without Christ, should have to go pay a professional who's been to college to sit and listen to you talk. But in the body of Christ, do we really need to do things that way? Is is it weird that one Christian should pay another to hear him talk? And that one Christian who's got Christ's spirit should have to go get a college degree to, to know how to counsel? I mean, it just seems like such a worldly model. And that's probably the way I would have seen it before I actually had to to use it. But mm-hmm. I... There's a few thoughts that that's basically what led me to go to this guy and he was over in Shawnee. So it was a little bit of a drive, but to, to get to the point, I could talk for a really long time about how great this guy was. One, he was great, not because he was a, an educated Christian counselor, but because he was a man who really loved God and loved people, period. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that him being a professional created a context where I could meet him, know him, and have a relationship with him, in which otherwise I probably wouldn't have met him. Mm -hmm. And two, one thing that was kind of nice about it is I I feel like I was starting to wear people out, friends out. And in that setting, going to a Christian counselor, one thing that can be nice about that is they don't have any preconceived biases about you. You know, they're mm-hmm. if they're doing their job, to be honest, they're not really afraid of hurting your feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it can be hard for friends to overcome that because they want to maintain their friendship. But it's kind of nice just to have a clean slate with somebody. This is good or bad. You can call it what it is. But with this guy, I really wasn't afraid to put all my laundry out on the carpet because, you know, he wasn't a friend. Mm-hmm. So there was it, it's just kind of a I would say the lack of bias uh, the lack of really caring if I impressed him or he impressed me. When we met together, we had one agenda, and that was for him to counsel me and for me to be honest about what was going on. Yeah, once again, it wouldn't have worked had he not been such a a godly man in whom God's Spirit dwelt. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I just I wouldn't knock it. If, if, if you're having an issue... And especially if you're wearing friends out, if you're trying to use your spouse as your counselor and they just are like, I can't listen to this anymore. You know, I'm, I definitely am a proponent of finding a good Christian counselor who, uh, there's that space. There's just that space where you can go and meet them and it's, it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. How long did you go to him, see him? I think that. I went and saw him for about three quarters of a year or maybe a whole year. Mm-hmm. And it started out twice a week because uh, when I first started, I was just kind of a basket case. 
But as time went on, it was like, okay, I think we can do once a week. And in fact, I went from in-person visits to remote by phone mm-hmm. visits. Mm-hmm. The sessions were pretty much me taking a lot of notes while he talked. He really just got to be a dear friend. And he, he wasn't afraid to pull. He wasn't afraid to uh, to be rough. I remember one day he gave me a list of verses to memorize you know, honestly, he wasn't afraid to tell me, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're a Christian. I'm not going to tell you you're saved. I'm not going to tell you that everything's okay. You, you've got to trust Christ on your own. No one can do that mm-hmm. for you. If you don't, if you decide you don't want to listen to that, I, I don't know, you, you might go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll tell you what, what one thing he did was beforehand I was always going to people trying to get spiritual validation from them. And he taught me that while people can encourage you and people can remind you of who you are in Christ, at the end of the day, it comes down to you trusting God and you can't just run to people and have them validate you. I think it's more about, he was saying, hey, you've got people in your life who love you and who care about you, but you won't even listen to them. You've got to learn to trust God. So that's that's really what a lot of it was, was him just reminding me that you've got to, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust people. You've got to not let your fears control you. Uh, you've got to not make your fear the very primary thing you trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we got to, to kind of finish answering your question. We did get to a point where, I think both of us concurred like, you know, I, I think I think this has been good, but I think I've kind of learned what I need to. And I, I think he agreed and it's a good experience. Yeah, that's good. And it's made a lot of difference, right? Absolutely. And and I still find uh, I kind of knew you would ask that. So I was thinking, can I, can I honestly say this? And yeah, I really I came to in my life now after going and seeing a Christian counselor, once again, just like a physical therapist leaves you with a list of exercises, what I found is he gave me a list of tools, and he, he taught me how to identify when when I'm slipping back into those old patterns of uh, letting fear lead my life. And whatever your decision may, whatever your problem may be, I don't want to pigeonhole it to mine. But I think after going and seeing him, I can now recognize when I'm slipping into those old patterns and have that decision point of, oh, hey, I can go back into the old way or I can be like General Patton and not surrender ground that I've already taken and I can push forward. Mm -hmm. And I would say one more thing. After going and seeing him, I'm not as dependent on wearing my friends out to validate me, I, I find, I find, I think I can say now that I find myself going to God more and bugging my friends less, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does to a point. Doesn't mean that you're not talking to your friends, but sure, you got more stuff that you're going directly to God and feel God's dealing with you or counseling you or, yeah. or you're receiving your truth from him. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's one thing I learned was at the end of the day, you're you're not going to get out of this rodeo without coming before God and and learning to to let Him lead. It <laughs> ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, it's true. So all that to say is if you're, if you're struggling in your life and maybe this isn't very honorable, maybe you've come to a place where you're like, you know what, this is sad. I'm 30 something, 40 something years old. I have a number of friends, but nobody that I would really trust to bear my soul up to, you know, that's, that's kind of sad. And maybe that's a life goal to work on is to start cultivating your friendships. But in the meantime, your circumstances may dictate that you just need to go get some help from a, a Christian counselor that, you know, hopefully someone can refer you to someone that that's helped them and someone mm-hmm. you trust. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, Jill and I went to a marriage conference in Oklahoma city, very March. beginning of, of this year, March of this year. And they had some Christian counselors, marriage counselors come. And one of them, I remember just said, you know, like, don't wait until you guys hate each other to come see us. Like, you know, like if you're having some problems, like if you come, if you're having problems and you're not being able to work through it, come see us and we'll work through it with you. And we can work through it while you guys still love each other. Because they said when, when you went to the point where you now hate each other and then you're sitting in our office, it's a much harder, a much harder task because you've let those problems grow and get bigger and get harder to deal with. And I think Absolutely. that's true for, for any other kind of counseling as well and kind of knowing where that boundary is. What do you think in terms, if someone wanted to find a good Christian counselor, how do they go about doing that? <laughs> I find God's sovereignty and planning in our life to be the best. <laughs> now, um, of course, we, we hope that's there. We want that to be there every day. But, I mean, honestly, kind of like I mentioned in my story, I had a pastor who he had had some issues in his own immediate family and that's the same guy who had counseled them. So it was kind of, you could say by bearing my soul up to a friend that that mm-hmm. friend cared enough to go, you know what? This guy's got some issues. He, he really could use someone who, who knows how to walk him through it. So one even if you don't feel like there's someone in your life who, if there's just anyone who cares and who knows Jesus that you can bury your soul up to, that might be a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, if my friend asks me, says, hey, my, my carburetor's broke, can you help me? I'm probably going to end up saying, I don't know anything about carburetors, but I'll help you Google a good mechanic shop near your house. And so that's what I would say is, one, pray for God to lead you the right person, and two, Ask around, just bury your soul mm-hmm. up to someone so they can help get you to the right place. And uh, I'm afraid that my answer is only based off my experience, which isn't very complex or comprehensive. Hopefully that's helpful for somebody. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can always go to a pastor. They should have an idea of some of the resources around their area. Yeah. You can go to, a, you know, one of the other elders or deacons in your church. And you could always go to Google. I know like in Oklahoma City, there's a ministry called Scope, and they have Christian counseling. So there's sometimes some ministries that focus on that or find them, and they can tell you somebody else. Absolutely, yeah. And that that's a good point. Go ahead, James. I was going to say, and I suppose you're not also you're – not you're not marrying them. You're not locked into it. You know, if you go see this guy and no. you realize – I don't think this is the right counselor for me. Then go find a different one. And hopefully not because you reject 
if he's telling you the truth, not because you're rejecting the truth, he said, but if you realize like either you don't clash or you don't feel like he's actually – some people put the moniker, I'm a Christian, I do counseling, but they do it all from a very worldly perspective versus other people. Like it sounds like your guy, like he's incorporating the scripture and he's in, he's coming out from the viewpoint of like God is going to help you deal with this. Exactly, yeah. And if anyone, I'm going to piggyback on what you said a little. If if anyone is in Oklahoma City, definitely check out Scope Ministries. Um, I've been there and gone through a few of their studies. And uh, one thing you'll get there, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of other places, is while there's an opportunity for one-on-one counseling, there's also group sessions mm-hmm. uh, where, and those can be really beneficial because, you know, when you're going through your junk, you kind of, now, to be frank, we're usually pretty self-centered when we're going through our junk because uh, sometimes the pain is high enough. It's hard to hear and see those around us. But if you can get into a place where it's like, hey, let's study the Word of God together and then let's all open up about how screwed up we are and how much we need Jesus, that can be pretty therapeutic in itself to just see other people who have the courage to come to the light mm-hmm. and and to... You know, I still have a friend that comes over from dinner today, and we went through a a, counsel, a group counseling session. And you know, he still comes over, and we keep in touch with each other. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to just be one on one. Groups can be helpful too. In the end, there's a lot of resources out there. Don't be afraid to go look at one. Don't be afraid if you're dealing with somebody and it's more than you can deal with. It's not like drop them and send them to a counselor, but like. Let's add a counselor into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm still your friend, but I think this person would be able to help us. Absolutely. Well, Dave, what else have we not said about counseling that we ought to talk about? Yeah, don't don't feel like you've got to be a basket case to go to a counselor. Uh, have the capacity to receive truth. Have your ears open to to hear what God is saying and for through other people or, or it's not going to do you much good. So be prepared to, to wear truths that previously have been pretty uncomfortable to wear. So sometimes truth doesn't always uh, feel right. Uh, reminds me of a C.S. Lewis in one of his books. There's these people that, I mean, I don't think this was his intention to make this kind of theological statement, but in this book, uh, The Great Divorce, there's some people who have died and, you know, gone to hell, and they have this opportunity to cross over to heaven. And uh, one characteristic is when they get there off the bus, the grass under their feet is like like shards of glass, like it hurts to walk on it. And kind of the angle he's going there is uh, truth. If you're not used to truth, it can it can hurt at first. And it can be uncomfortable enough that you kind of want to get back on the bus and say, no, thank you. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's one of the things the characters say in the book is, hey, I know it hurt me at first, too. But take my hand and I'll teach you how to walk on this. So I think that's one thing that counseling can be like is being willing to take someone's hand and, and say, who says, yes, I know this is uncomfortable. It's scary. It's scary to, to stare the demon down in the face, to walk on this truth, to find out what love truly is, uh, and to find out you haven't been 
living out all these ideals you thought you cared about. But stick around. Learn learn to walk this path. Endure the pain and things will get better. And I think that's part of what counseling is. Yeah, I think so. And I think also it's just good to know sometimes we think we're the only one with this sin or we're the only one with this anxiety or this depression or whatever. And it's good to put it out in the open. There's something about just shining light on on things that are dark. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're glad you guys joined us today. If you need help finding a counselor and you can't find one through some resource, contact us and we'll see if we have a resource for you. But do do seek counseling when you need it, when you give counsel to someone you're discipling. Uh, don't don't sweep under those issues, but deal with them. Roger and that. Until next time, keep making disciples. Mm-hmm.